Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ocean State Sidelines. With a big intro there, Mr. McGear. <laughs> a, little, a little bit more wrestling. I think uh, Paul Spertrini would definitely appreciate Paul, that. He certainly would. Among many, I, I think. Uh, anyway, Will Gagan here from the Independent Sports Editor. Uh, here with Brendan McGear, the Pawtucket Times and the Woonsocket Call. Uh, Brendan was just in New York for Big East Basketball Media Day, so we'll talk about that. Talk about a little high school football, a little college football, and maybe a few other things. We'll see what happens. But uh, I guess we'll begin with the high school football yeah. circuit. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, Will, and uh, it feels like we just started league play, but uh, nice. here it is, Columbus Day weekend, and uh, I feel like we're starting to see the playoff picture come to come into yeah, focus. Yeah, that, that always seems to happen. You know, They don't actually play all that many football games. Football season, there's no middle. There's just a beginning and an end. Uh, you get you know three games to start, three games to finish up, and, and then it's, it's time to rock and roll. So yeah, you're seeing things uh, kind of take shape. Obviously, Hendrickson is uh, is the favorite to be in the state championship game at this point, uh, having beaten North Kingstown and then last week beat LaSalle. On the other side, you get you know LaSalle, maybe Cranston West. If Cranston West can beat LaSalle, that could change things up. Um, but that that's the way that's looking. And then D1, you're seeing strong teams emerge. North Kingstown, after the loss to Hendrickson, goes out and blows out East Providence. Uh, so they're they're doing very well and. Uh, Big game this weekend, actually. Uh, to this afternoon, Friday afternoon, Portsmouth and Cranston West. Uh, a big game on the other side of Division One. Yeah, and just looking at the the Division Two landscape, I think East Greenwich. You know, they've emerged. They've yeah. uh, kind of established themselves as the front runner. But you know, don't sleep on Lincoln. You know, yeah. I had an opportunity Impressive. to see them for a couple of weeks. Uh, they were forty three to nothing last at halftime last week against classical yeah you know they've kind of been you know unbelievable on both sides of the ball and they got johnston this weekend and you know rogers too they've been a solid team but once again burrowville i just you know they just reload up yeah. there it, you know really the do. coaching staff you know it's a credit to what uh, Gennaro ferraro has done yeah. they just replenish reload new quarterback new uh you saw them against uh, south kingston yeah. the game this year yep they I, do yeah they just do a great job like that system works find a way to maximize the guys they have and uh, yeah I, I would definitely put them among the D2 favorites um, I'm looking forward to seeing them tomorrow morning at 10:30 game against Middletown you know wonder what time Middletown's got to get up oh my up. god yeah really that's like the longest commute in Rhode Island <sighs> <laughs> that's, that's really like that's really one end of the year. That's probably maybe Burrell, Charho, maybe that's another. Yeah, that might be another one. Burble, you get across really. the bridge for this one though. But that's tricky. You know, <laughs> Division Three though, uh, big game this uh, tonight. Uh, Tolman will be hosting Pilgrim. Pilgrim undefeated right now. Tolman, they were a, a playoff team a year ago, and tomorrow also uh, Central Falls uh, hosting Narragansett at Max Reed Field. Narragansett, another one of those D three contenders this season. Central Falls. They're the Super Bowl champs, so we'll see where the Mariners stack up. Yeah, and those could be the top four teams that you just mentioned. Pilgrim, Tolman, Central Falls, Narragansett. Um, big chance for Narragansett to kind of you know, make a statement, even though Central Falls lost a lot of what they had from that Super Bowl team. If you follow up a 4-0 start with a win over the defending champs, you're feeling pretty good. So big opportunity for the Mariners there uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that game is in Pawtucket, actually, at Max Reed Field. Yeah, and, uh, and over in D4, I think everybody will say it's North Smithfield, Mount St. Charles' yeah. division to lose at this point. Uh, the uh, North Mounties had a bye last week uh, after thrashing their previous two opponents by a combined score of 109-6. to Wow. That's wow. impressive. That is, that is something. They have uh, Davies Tech, a newcomer to the Rhode Island football scene to, uh, on uh, October 12th which uh, that'll be 
another test for the young Patriots to see how much they can hang with a team that basically has made a habit of turning the fourth quarters into running time. North Smithfield, Mount St. Charles, what a story that is. I mean, a few years ago, North Smithfield program was was on life support. They had to basically wipe out the last few games because they didn't have enough players. This is the one benefit of a co-op. Right. When you kind of like breathe new life into a program and basically save it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but uh, it's kind of, we'll see maybe a similar situation if that ever will play out. I know Prout, they co-opt with Exeter West Bridge. Right. Can that kind of be like the model yeah. for that group to right. follow? Yeah, it could be. That would be the footsteps they want to follow, certainly. But uh, we will now shift to a little college football, and specifically the University of Rhode Island. They have a big test tomorrow. They go on the road to play at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, and if you're wondering why the URI Rams are scheduling a game like that, it kind of boils down to a little thing I like to call dollars and cents. Well, um, <laughs> an does. opportunity to talk to Thor beyond the Ryan Athletic Director earlier this week, and he said that after travel expenses and everything like that, the URI football team will be able to take in $375,000. That's a pretty significant amount of change. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you see these matchups, these FCS versus FBS matchups. It's a chance for an FCS, FCS schools and programs to kind of balance their budgets, to make new investments. Um, and URI does that. They tend to do it every year. They play one game. Uh, this year, two, this is their second game. They already went on the road and played Ohio in a bye game and now uh, headed down to Virginia Tech, a bigger atmosphere, a bigger program, and, and more more change. And a bigger payday. Yep. Um, that Ohio game that you referenced, the money that was taken from that basically went into the general fund for right. all the whole athletic department. This one, when uh, Thor Bjorn went to uh, head coach Jim Fleming with a possibility of it, first Jim didn't want to play it because mm. you know they're coming off like a tough stretch. They won their first game last week against Brown in the Governor's Cup. You still have bigger fish to fry with CA games looming right. on the horizon. Right. Why not take the knee? Well, it's a guaranteed check. Yep. And basically, you got to take it. And some of the things that uh, Thor Bjorn mentioned that this game will help provide is, you know, they're trying to renovate the football offices and the mm-hmm. meeting rooms and purchase new laptops for the coaches that have, you know, good scouting software. Those are the kind of things, behind-the-scenes items that you need to have if you want to be a program that's to be reckoned with. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's... You look at what what the you know Thor Bjorn has done with the basketball program when Dan Hurley was there. They were always focused on enhancements, you know, charter flights and a bigger pool of bigger salary pool for assistant coaches. That's that's what it comes down to for better or for worse in college sports these days. Uh, and the football team has has made obviously investments. You know, they had the the big uh, donations for the field renovation for the lights, uh, and they want to keep it rolling. They want to keep keep this going. So they'll go down to Virginia Tech. It'll be Interesting experience for the players, a big-time atmosphere. Uh, I think you're probably pretty realistic about their chances. Maybe that would be different if they were off to a great start, if they'd won some of those close games. But I'm sure, obviously, Coach Fleming will bring up the Furman game that yep. uh, they hung Absolutely. tough with uh, Virginia yep. Tech. And, you know, a couple plays, maybe yep. Furman would be celebrating a huge victory. So you never say never. Yep. I think it was like a 25-point spread the last time I checked. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, you know, UMass, I think, has been uh, more of a significant underdog in their games this year. But never say never. But even though um, URI, regardless of the final outcome, they're going to come home winners because they're going to yep. have a sizable amount to kind of, like, enhance the program. Yeah, that's true. And then they'll get on to, uh, like, a non-league game with, with Merrimack and then back to CAA play and see if they can kind of salvage the season that has gotten off to a rough start. But uh, still still some time left for the Rams. 
College hoops. Little college hoops. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, I was at Big East Media Day yesterday. First of all, it was sunny and uh, sunny, sunny and seventy down in New York. It's not uh, bad. Far cry from here. It was, I like to call it was like one of those Chamber of Commerce kind of yes. days. But um, inside Madison Square Garden, you had all the coaches, the top players, and I have to admit the Friars were picked tied for, for fourth in the preseason poll. I was a little bit surprised, and Ed Cooley was surprised as well. You know, the Friars are coming off a 18-win non-NCAA tournament season. They do return a bulk of their supporting cast, which, you know, maybe that's the reason why Biggie's coaches feel so strongly about them. But um, just uh, we'll dive into a couple of the poll, but we'll also give you a snippet of what Ed Cooley had to say about the new laws that California has passed regarding student-athletes and also his thoughts on UConn coming back into the league next year. We'll give that a listen right now. Um, it's going to get into recruiting. Now, you know, it's already considered a uh, us versus them when you look at some of the bigger brand schools. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get more publicity. So does that include better recruiting for them down the line? I just think it's too complex. Uh, now, they're going to come up with something. I don't know, but I do know what we do in college basketball for student-athletes and provide them everything they need, but now it's coming to a want. And I, I know it's uh, still a year away, but just what your thoughts on UConn coming back to the Well, I mean, UConn has been a hot topic today, and, you know, you know, they when they come, we'll be excited to have them. Uh, I, think it's, I think we gave Connecticut new life. I think we gave their fan base new life. You know, um, I think they finally came to the conclusion that they are a basketball-centric school and they poured all their money into football and in my opinion it was going into a, a hole. And, I'll, you know, a lot of people would be pissed at me for saying that, but when you become a national brand on one sport and try to parlay it into something that isn't, shame on you for making the decision up front. How do you feel it could affect so that was that, and uh, pretty strong words from yeah, Ed Cooley. Yeah. Uh, I think Will and uh, about UConn and their decision to try to go big time in football, yeah. kind of backfiring. And yeah, that is interesting. I think his his old friend Dan Hurley was probably uh, right on board with that. <laughs> and what's so interesting to note is that question was asked by a Connecticut beat writer, uh, the only one that was actually at Biggie's Meet today yesterday. Oh, okay. Speaking of uh, Coach Hurley, they had a Chamber of Commerce breakfast that I guess a lot of the UConn basketball beat writers attended. But, um, you know, just, you know, getting the temperature of the room yesterday at Big East Media Day, it's uh, the big issue, I think, with UConn coming back is it's not the 20-game schedule. Mm. It's recruiting. Mm -hmm. And PC has been able to have a monopoly on New England basketball in terms of their success over the last six years, going to the NCAA tournament five straight years, postseason appearances, over a seven straight year span, while UConn, you know, since winning the national championship in 2014, they've gone backwards with their coaches ending up in the courtrooms and, you know, in losses and going to places like Tulsa and SMU and mm -hmm. not exactly true ba basketball havens. Now, as Ed Cooley said, we helped give UConn life. And if anybody is concerned about this move, if you're PC, St. John's, Seton Hall, I think those are the three schools that this affects the most. Villanova, I think, will be fine. And schools like Creighton, Xavier, and Marquette, and DePaul, they're off on their own island. They're off in the Midwest. This is not going to be, affect them. But if you're PC in particular, you have a, a rivalry again with UConn, but also, too, you're going to be competing against kids that you can no longer say, hey, what's it going to be like to go play in Tulsa? You can't yeah, use that argument that's anymore. That's true. I mean, I think their recruiting targets sometimes are different. 
Um, you've seen that, but you have seen similar guys. I mean, Makai Ashton Lankford was a UConn commit before he, he switched over to PC. So that it will be interesting to see how that plays out. A cook, a cook is another yeah. recruit that kind of springs to mind. Uh, he was on PC's campus last year when they developed when they officially christened the Wayne Fry Development Center. He ended up committing to UConn, and I think he's a very good player. It'll be interesting to see how he his college career kind of shakes out but uh are we going to see more of that when it's kind of like you know UConn versus PC in the recruiting front and mm-hmm. you know specifically Dan Hurley versus Ed Cooley yeah I mean is that going to be a rivalry now is that going to be you know right right there with URI for PC that's that could be fun could be some fun games and they'll play each other twice yes yeah you know they're going to a 20 game schedule and you know there are obviously rumblings about that they're going to stop playing games in December yeah which I kind of like it kind of doesn't mean you have to play 20 games from January until the beginning of March, crunch right. everything in. Right. On the flip right. side, though, well, you kind of lose, you know, two you know, non-conference games, you know, games mm-hmm. that you might be generating a little revenue from, you know. I yep. think, I think the, you know, a lot of these tournaments over the last couple of years, I know I'm talking about, like, you know, Battle of Atlantis, you know, going to Maui, things like that, but also, like, you know, the Gavit games and... I think URI might be involved in something like that down the line where they pit against another conference. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, I think, have been important because, you know, let's face it, fans don't want to go to, like, the Ryan Center or to the Dunk to see nondescript, you right. know, games. Directional school from North Carolina. Right. Yeah. They don't want to go see, you know, I don't want NJIT, for example. Yes. You don't want to go see those kind of games. You want to see some games that have some pizzazz. Now you lose a couple of those games, like it's like you know tell, telling like an NFL team that you got to go play in London. Sorry, you're not going to get that gate, for example. Mm. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting now that UConn is back. Uh, I think you know overall it's a good move, but when you start breaking it down, I think it could be a little bit troublesome for the Friars and also schools like Seton Hall and St. John's. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And as far as this year's poll, uh, Seton Hall. Yes, yeah, Seton Hall, uh, Miles Powell, uh, you know, uh, clearly the best player yeah. in the Big yeah. East. Uh, you know, you can probably make a compelling case for Marcus Howard as well from Marquette. Mm-hmm. But one thing that kind of stands out, you know, Alpha Diallo, Marcus Howard, Miles Powell, they're all seniors. Yeah. This is going to be very older league, yeah. Big East this year. Yeah. And uh, it's not going to be a case of the young guys coming in and trying to, like, establish themselves. There are some clear-cut veterans that have been – you know, had success, they've had proven track records, and they're out to see if they can end their college careers on the highest possible note. Yeah, should be some good basketball in the Big East this year. Uh, and we'll mention A-10 for, for any URI fans out there. Atlantic 10 media day has not happened yet, so we do not have a preseason poll yet. We'll no, we do not. That once, once that comes out in a couple weeks. But uh, we'll do some shout-outs now. Uh, my shout-out is to uh, Matt Campanelli. The Cumberland High Athletic Director, now former Cumberland High Athletic Director, he is going on to take a job as a, the general manager of Adelaide Arena, another example of Mount St. Charles really trying to boost their hockey academy and, you know, just that their program and their school as a whole, bringing in someone who's just basically going to manage the rink in terms of filling those ice dates with as many games as possible. We yeah. want, he wants that place busy 24 hours a day, night, morning afternoon lunch it doesn't matter you know it's all about filling those dates and there was a pre-existing relationship uh campanelli when he was hired uh, alan terrero now the mount president he was the principal over at cumberland high school so they knew that obviously uh, terrero knew what he was looking for when he wanted to maybe fill this post and they couldn't get a, get a better guy than campanelli in my opinion there you go 
Congrats to him. And uh, shout out for me to North Kingstown High School's fall sports teams, all of them pretty much. Uh, I tweeted about this a couple weeks ago. They were all off to great starts, uh, and it has continued. So you have an unbeaten girls volleyball team, undefeated boys soccer and girls soccer team. Football team has one loss to Bishop Hendrickson. Uh, boys cross country, also undefeated. Uh, girls cross country, one loss. Field hockey, two losses, I believe. So they're, they're having a heck of a fall season. A few years ago, they won a volleyball championship, football championship, field hockey championship. Uh, might be headed for similar things this year and, and maybe more if the soccer teams can uh, can keep rolling. So well done, Skippers. So I think what you're saying, well, uh, late October and probably the mid-November is going to be pretty busy. It is, yes. That is lining up to be a, uh, a busy stretch with a lot of big North Kingstown photos and uh, headlines leading the uh, sports section. So that should do it for this week. Uh, once again, thank you for all for uh, tuning in, and we'll be back with a fresh episode next week. Thank you for listening.